It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The first full weekend of Chicago Bears training camp practices are in the books. So now is a good time for us to check in on how things are going on both sides of the ball, still very early in this training camp process. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. On the show today, an early training camp check-in. We'll touch base with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields on how the two of them have started up to this point, how much we can infer from the throws that we've seen thus far and what we need to keep seeing from each of them moving forward. Then we'll check in with the Bears defense. New defensive coordinator Sean Desai, his first training camp, his first real team-gathered practice. He is getting everybody kind of on the same page at Hallis Hall. We'll try and figure out how they're rekindling some of their energy, including a new turnover bucket. We'll find out a little bit more about that. And then we'll wrap up with just an overview of fan attendance at practice and the issue there, whether it's the Bears' fault, whether it's the fan base's fault, we'll try and find the truth of the matter and lay out the full extent of the issue on today's podcast. But let's start with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton because those are the two players we all want to hear absolutely the most about. And at this point, we've had, what, I think four open practices for public consumption. And so I guess first and foremost... I want to make sure that we're slowing down on crowning either quarterback or clowning either quarterback at this point because it has been so early, right? It, we haven't really seen a full systematic laying out of how this offense is going to work, right? Some days they're doing certain specific scripted things that don't always make the quarterback look amazing, but, you know, it helps them with something with the receivers, the offensive line, or the defense, you know, like certain things like that. It's not always natural game replicable situations that the quarterbacks are practicing on. And so we've had some days with a little bit of better Dalton stuff, some days with some ups and downs from Justin Fields, right? And then there's been some back and forth in what is not truly a quarterback competition at this point, but at least 
it's fun to see how both of these quarterbacks are coming along. And by all accounts, Andy Dalton is the more polished, right? The more professional, the more just smooth in terms of getting guys lined up, getting the play calls in. Even, you know, when they get into some, like, two-minute offense, some no-huddle hurry-up stuff, Andy Dalton is calling his own plays in those situations, whereas Justin Fields, not quite there yet. You know, Dalton has everything kind of moving a little bit more smoothly. Fields, understandably, predictably, as, as expected, still a rookie, still getting used to how training camp practices work, how the NFL speed is at some of those practices. But also Justin Fields showing more, like, talent. Right? There's a difference between, like, talent and, and production, but, like, the arm strength, right? He has more zip on the passes. He can, he can really fire it all over the field. More mobile, escaping the pocket a little bit more with his legs, showing things off on rollouts and even scrambles and things like that, that you know, those physical-type tools that Andy Dalton just doesn't quite have. And still, I think we can talk about Dalton being the more consistent one at this point. Maybe feels a little bit more exciting. But for me, you're, we've heard both of them hitting the throws in about the same, you know, types, right? They're, they both hit some nice deep balls. They both missed some nice deep balls. They've both been really aiming a lot over the middle of the field, and particularly, it seems like they're getting the tight ends involved regularly. Fields and the backup Jesse James getting some good connection going, and then we've seen Komet and Jimmy Graham catch some Andy Dalton balls over the middle of the field. You know, Javon Wims and others kind of working that area first and foremost. And so I, I wonder, if, is that getting the tight ends specifically more involved intentionally, or is that just where the checkdowns might be on a certain play is, all right, if, if receiver here is not open and receiver there is not open, then dump it off to your tight end in the middle of the field as opposed to flipping it to your running back out of the backfield, right? Those are the answers we won't have, but it's just an early trend to keep an eye on here. Important to note that the Bears have not practiced with pads on up to this stage, so not exactly, again, fully repeatable situations that we can start to apply to the regular season. But from all accounts, I've heard that the offense out there has looked a little bit more like the end of last year offense in terms of scheme, more rollouts, more moving pockets, more pre-snap motion, you know, what the Bears were successful with at the end of last season, as opposed to some of the earlier iterations of Matt Nagy's offense in Chicago and stuff at the beginning of last season. It sounds like they've learned some real lessons from the success and failures that they had last year and in years before. But for me, I think the big takeaway is that Andy Dalton, exactly as advertised. Not perfect, not you know, not a game-changing, dynamic playmaker at quarterback, but gets the troops going and hits the throws that he needs to hit and misses some here and there, and there's always going to be some inconsistency. But that's the Andy Dalton we were expecting. And so for me then we're just waiting for eventually to build up to the Justin Fields we were advertised or what he has been advertised to be because he's sort of in that expected rookie learning curve, ramping up, getting used to everything, getting used to the offense, getting used to his teammates. And Dalton can still get better too as he gets more on the same page with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney and learns the different nuances of working with them. Obviously, having both of your starting offensive tackles out has made things a little bit difficult for this Bears offense too. So you know, I'm not big on is the offense winning, is the defense winning, and is that a sign of problems to come in the regular season? Again, the pads haven't even come on. But I, I think we're sort of getting the sense of like 
at least the two quarterbacks are right where they're supposed to be, right where they need to be at this point. And anything more would have been wildly exceeding expectations and, and definitely not fair to expect a, at such a, a rapid pace from either of these two guys. But we also need to see this Bears defense get back to the level that it has been advertised at before. We'll check in on what feels like a return of a certain kind of energy with this Bears defense next on Locked on Bears. Today's episode of Locked on Bears brought to you by our friends at BuiltBar.com, the makers of the world's best tasting protein bar. And I'll tell you what, every once in a while, the world's best tasting protein bars get even better when they sprinkle in some limited time flavors. And they've just brought back, again, for a limited time, the grasshopper cookie flavor once again. It's still, like every other Built Bar, covered in 100% real chocolate. It's soft, it's easy to chew, it comes low calories, low sugar, but high fiber and high protein. But it's got like a mint cookie, like a thin mint type taste on the inside. And then they actually crumple up bits, like really fine powder of grasshopper cookie, and sprinkle it on the top of the Built Bar. It adds just like a little bit extra texture, some sweetness in there, and oh, it is delicious. There's a reason why the Built Bars taste like candy bars. But they have all the nutrients of a protein bar. I'm telling you. You got to try Grasshopper Cookie or any of their delicious flavors. They have so many, and you can't go wrong with any of them. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We know new Chicago Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai is here in part to bring back some of the Vic Fangio scheme to this Bears defense. But so far in training camp, and maybe there were hints of this during minicamp and things before that, but it's really been more publicly visible to all of us, that the other thing that Sean Desai is bringing back from the Vic Fangio era is a certain level of energy, maybe a swagger for this Bears defense. And I think there's some real identity that they can draw from a lot of that because you can feel more of the excitement from the front end to the back end. And maybe some of that is, you know, the defensive line, the pass rush, having some early success at training camp. Again, against two backup offensive tackles, not in pads. We're not trying to extrapolate too much off of that as we apply to the regular season, but pass rush getting to the quarterbacks regularly. Quarterbacks not allowed to be hit or actually sacked, but, you know, then hurrying or forcing some throws downfield. There have been some some turnovers, some takeaways, some different things like that, but you're seeing it. The defensive linemen are jacked up, the outside linebackers, the inside linebackers, cornerbacks all the way back to the safeties. When somebody makes a play, the whole defense is there. They're involved. The players are flying around, and everyone just, at least on that side of the ball especially, seems just wired up or amped up just a little bit more. And 
some of it has been really emphasized, I think, by this Bears coaching staff. Matt Nagy from top down saying, we need more turnovers. It was a hallmark of that 2018 defense, kind of dropped off the last couple of seasons, and it's something they're really hammering in on. And, you know, in the NFL, and the data has sort of borne this out in recent years, turnovers can be a little bit luck-based. Sometimes it's just the bounce of the ball or, you know, the path of, you know, certain situations here, the pressure here, the quarterback happens to react in this way. They found that over the years, turnovers at a high number have never really been sustainable for any defense, and it tends to fluctuate a lot based on a lot of factors that are outside of a defense's control. But at the same time, really good defenses seem to be able to make their own luck when it comes to turnovers, and they can't really sustain it for multiple years, but when they have those big years, they seem to be able to create a lot of that. And so the Bears, they've got this new, I don't want to call it a full-on gimmick, it's a new idea here. It's called the turnover bucket. It's just a blue plastic tub they wheel out there. And yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of lame when you compare it to like, you know, Miami's turnover chain. I mean, some of those have gotten out of hand in college football where there's like a turnover chain saw and a tur- turnover they're kind of some lame turnover gimmicks. And I don't think the Bears are pretending that theirs is some super cool hip thing, but the turnover bucket Whenever a player generates a turnover, forced fumble, interception, they get to run that ball to the bucket, and then most of the players treat it like a basketball hoop. And they're doing some kind of dunk, some kind of turnaround jump shot, and the other, then their teammates are judging them based on the, you know, how much effort they put into their dunk if they go between the legs or behind the back or 360 and slam it down in there. It's not like the turnover chain where it's a big trophy that they're all holding up and, you know, championship championing as some sort of big accomplishment it's more just like another layer to add on top of the fun of getting a turnover so I think what's important is that the players are into it right it's the, it it's not it doesn't seem like a gimmick or a you know a kind of a childish thing or anything like that to them it's just it's just a little fun extra thing right it doesn't mean it doesn't have to mean anything greater than that it's just Another way for them to celebrate turnovers and to have a little bit of competitiveness to it and some generate some energy and some camaraderie and some excitement. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think those are all actually really good things to have. So even though it's a, a really plain blue bucket and probably outside of Chicago, it might seem kind of lame to a lot of people. But it, I think if, if the Bears players are into it and it has a positive impact on the team, by all means, embrace it. And it's, it's gotten some pretty good use thus far. Again, you know, backup offensive linemen and defense Generally speaking, they tend to start training camp a little bit more ahead. I mean, you've got two new quarterbacks, but in general, offenses take a little bit more time to knock some of the rust off and kind of get everybody back on the same page, whereas defense can tend to be a little bit more a lot of individual matchups, and so there's opportunities for for those guys to shine and to be a little bit, to have that head start in getting back up to full game speed throughout training camp. So for me, whether whether they're padded or whether they they have the advantage or whether they've you know whether it's the bad quarterback or the new quarterbacks or whatever it still matters the same for the defense right they don't care that there's those aren't they're not accepting any of those excuses as to why they're you know maybe winning for lack of a better word to start this training camp but the important thing is that they're having that fun they're getting back to that style of defense that they were so successful with in 2018 and and good on the bears for trying to really capitalize on it and really kind of take hold of it and make something out of it because they're not having as much success 
capitalizing on the return of like Chicago Bears fans coming to Hallis Hall for training camp. They haven't quite had the same crowd energy. And there's been some issues really trying to get that all squared away. And the fans that have been there thus far have kind of reported a lot of the same things of empty seats and the system of how this has all worked together seems to be causing some issues on someone's end. We'll kind of go through what the attendance problems are and figure out maybe who or what or how is exactly to blame next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Of course, now that football season is so close to here, so many different football bets for you at Bet Online. You can bet on individual Bears player performances this season. Over under 1,100 receiving yards for Allen Robinson. Over under his catches. Darnell Mooney catches receiving yards. Jimmy Graham touchdowns. Over under, I think, nine and a half sacks. Khalil Mack is the number they have at betonline.ag. Plus, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, the Bears win total, playoff appearances, division finishing first, second, third, fourth, and so much more. All the other sports as well, basketball, soccer, hockey, baseball, tennis, you name it, they've got it at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. With training camp closed off last season, like everything else at this time 12 months ago, everyone was really excited to get back to it this year, that fans would be back at these practices and fans would get to see the Hallis Hall practice fields really for the first time in an open setting like this. Technically, last year was their first year practicing at Hallis Hall instead of Bourbon A, but this is the first year that fans have been there, so it still feels like sort of the first year for this style of training camp. It's not, but it's it's the first sort of like normal training camp at Hallis Hall. But all that excitement is kind of washed out a little bit. I mean it's it's been a dud up to this point for the fans that go into attendance. And certainly there are coronavirus limitations here. You know, they can't pack a hundred thousand people, or you know, they, they can't pack a soldier field worth of fans all tightened together at House Hall. They're trying to keep the players safe and trying to keep the coaches safe, and you know, all those people. Yes, it's outside. There's we can accept that there are some COVID limitations here, and there are just some general space, physical space limitations at House Hall. It's not a full college campus the way Olivet Nazarene University was down in Bourbonnais. You know, it's it, there's just not as much room. House Hall is not built to be a big spectator area but the execution of how they're going about this regard with those limitations in mind has been poor and maybe it's 
more the fans' fault than the team's fault, but I don't know. You you be the judge. Well, let's lay this out here and try and figure out, okay, who, who do you blame for not a lot of fans in the stands watching these training camp practices? Because we know there are plenty of Chicago Bears fans and plenty of Chicago Bears fans that would love to be at training camp regularly. They filled Bourbonnais every single year. This year, given the limitations, they said, all right, we're going to allow like 1,000 fans a day. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll play by those rules. So they had a drawing last month, and you, you had to like go onto their website and say, okay, here's the dates of training camp I would like. I can, you were allowed to request up to four tickets per date that you wanted to go to, and then you would be entered in a drawing for, for each of those dates, and they draw you know 1,000 1, tickets worth of each date. And then when the drawing happened, it was like, you know, what, two weeks ago, or at the end of July, the, the drawing was, was officially done to kind of open things up, say, all right, here you go, here's the dates you won for your tickets, and then Bears fans could say, okay, I know what dates I need to be there, and I, th- these were the dates I requested, these are the dates I won, and I can go and be in the stands for the days that I wanted. Now, training camp starts, and, you know, it's, it's a couple of weekdays, you know, it's a Wednesday, a Thursday, and it's like a morning, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have to work or whatever, so... I mean, it's understandable if attendance is a little light the first couple of days. You know, there's no pads yet, and sure, it's it's a Thursday, sure. But less than half of the full capacity, and we get into the Friday-Saturday practices, and still the reports I've heard are a couple hundred fans in the stands. I mean, 1,000 would have felt small, and that was the limitation they put, and okay, that was still going to feel a little bit small. But when you can't even get to that number, all of a sudden, there's a problem here. A couple hundred fans, empty spaces in the, in the stands, in the bleachers, plenty of empty space around the practices. And it's just, it compared that to Bourbon A, if you've ever been to Bears training camp practice down there, it is always packed. You cannot, I mean, the stands fill up like that. Fans are like almost running in when they open the gates to get to your spot to watch practice or get to a spot that you want because they fill up quickly. The fans line every outside angle of the field. I mean, completely surrounded. There's a big hill there that fans sit on in addition to filling all the stands and a lot of lawn chairs. And it's, it's, I mean, it's a whole experience to be a part of, or it was, I should say, a whole experience to be a part of Bears training camp. You know, the, the line to get in would wrap around the whole parking lot. And you had to get there an hour early to be able to be somewhere near the front of the line to get a pretty good seat or else have to be behind people or, you know, really sitting in a, in a lot of hot sun out there. So now you have half empty stands to the point where Matt Nagy apparently the other day went to the fans and, that were there and kind of said, hey, can we try and rev it up and get a little bit more juice out there today? And it's like, yeah, I mean, they can try, but a couple hundred fans is not the same as a couple thousand or even the 1,000 that they had limited for the tickets. And so you've got a system right now that's not working. You've got fans that, are, that were granted tickets that are not showing up. So is that bad fans or is that a bad system? Because you know, they're free tickets, so if you don't show up, you're not losing anything. 
you'd hate to like charge people for a ticket because it's a fun, free, family-friendly event. Not everybody can afford to buy like Bears game tickets. So sometimes training camp is the only time they get to see these players because Soldier Field tickets are so expensive anyway, and you start charging and it pushes out some people that might not have been able to go see their Bears at any point otherwise. But at the same time, you know, I think like the airline industry, they intentionally oversell the number of tickets for their, for their flights. So they'll sell more, more tickets than seats they have on a plane, knowing that universally, almost every single time, not everyone is going to show up for that flight, even though they paid perhaps hundreds of dollars for that spot. So then shouldn't the Bears maybe have allotted more tickets than they had space and just you sort of run the risk that you're pretty sure not everyone is going to show up or, you know, now is it too late to open it up and offer more tickets? I mean, it's just somewhere along the line, something went wrong here. And yes, blame some fans for not showing up, but I think you also blame the team for not better anticipating that fans don't always show up when they have tickets, especially when those tickets are free. And at least, you know, the fans can transfer their tickets to another fan if they got their tickets, say, oh, I was going to go on this date, but now I can't. You're allowed to, like, basically email them to any other Bears fan one time, of course, and then that person can go in your place, and it's a fairly easy transfer process. So let's hope more Bears fans that can't go start transferring their tickets so more Bears fans are able to go because it's, it's such a great experience to watch practice, to meet the players, to get autographs from the players. It's good for the players to have those fans and that energy there. So hopefully things start getting better from an attendance standpoint. Maybe once the pads go on and people start to really get in the thick of training camp, they'll generate a little bit more. But we'll keep an eye on the number of fans in the stands plus the defensive energy and the two quarterbacks, how they're doing all throughout training camp. So make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. A programming note for you, I am going to be gone out of town, out of the country for a vacation starting next week. And so the podcast might go on pause. We might have we might try and record a little bit of stuff ahead of time, but it might not be a full five days a week. I'm still locking down the final details here on what exactly it's gonna go, but I'll be gone all of next week and a few days into the following week. I'm gonna miss Justin Fields' debut against the Miami Dolphins. I know. Poor timing, but going to Europe through Germany and Switzerland and Austria in a way that uh, a little bit harder to rearrange that. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I will not be here for the preseason debuts of Justin Fields, but I promise I will be here for everything else throughout this season and beyond. So I appreciate everyone who keeps tuning in. Don't go anywhere if next week the podcasts are a little bit more sparse. We will be back and better than ever, fully rested and recharged for the season, and more than anything, ready to bear down. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.